All right, news roundup information overload hour, 800-941-SEAN, our number you want to be a part of the program. Never in my lifetime did I ever think the first uh, Iranian deal would ever take place where the U.S. is dropping, you know, literally billions of dollars in cash and other currency on the tarmac for mullahs in Iran, the number one state sponsor of terror, um, that chant death to America, death to Israel. I never thought I'd see that. Never thought we'd see America begging a murdering dictator thug like Maduro uh, and talk about sending sending emissaries, talking about lifting sanctions so we can import oil from uh, Venezuela. Uh, I never thought we'd see a president on their on his hands and knees, constantly pleading and begging with OPEC nations to increase the their oil production. Um, in the case of Iran, this Iranian deal, according to all reports, would allow, believe it or not, um, some, what, $30 billion in, in sanctioned cash, that's B, billion dollars in, in sanctioned cash to be released uh, to the Iranians. That is insanity by its very definition. Uh, that would allow this nuclear deal to go back in place and... Need, you know, at a, at a time when they, they've made no changes at all whatsoever. They may, this deal may include taking off the terror list in this country members of the Iranian National Guard. This deal may include a $10 million, billion dollar windfall for Russia to help the Iranians build nuclear facilities. It doesn't get any more insane than this. And we, you know, if you go back to when Donald Trump left office, something that I didn't think was possible in 2015 happened. And that is the United States, Israel, Jordan, uh, Egypt, the Saudis, the Emirates all had an incredible alliance culminating in the Abraham Accords and also culminating in, you know, the president recognizing Jerusalem as the true capital of, of Israel and and there's never been a friendlier president to Israel than Donald Trump was. And all of that is being destroyed because as Joe Biden pursues this relationship with the mullahs in Iran, in part because he wants their oil, and then even the Canadians are scratching their heads saying, hello, we've got all the Canadian oil you need. You don't need to talk to Venezuela and Iran. Um, Joe Biden is pursuing this with a passion. Seems like the only sticking point right now is the Iranian revolutionary guard status and whether or not we will allow them to get off the no-fly list and have the world's number one terrorists have the ability to fly into our country how stupid would that make this country and now they're do doubling down on dumb and want this deal in large part because joe biden's so beholden to the climate alarmist cult known as the new green deal democratic socialist party that and and this bizarre adherence to this belief that it's better that we import oil rather than be energy independent that he wants to make this deal it's insanity here's jen saki answering the question should not then um the irgc be delisted from the terrorist blacklist there's an ongoing negotiation i'm not going to get into specifics of it but i would just note that the uh, status quo where we stand has done nothing to make us safer in any regard. Would the president then welcome Iranian oil coming into the United States uh, in order to increase that supply? Again, there's not a 
in Iran, there's not a deal at this point in time. While we're close, we're not there. Um, so uh, if and when we get to that point, we can speak to that question. What we can do to prevent this from being a challenge in future crises, the best thing we can do is reduce our dependence on fossil fuels and foreign oil, uh, because that will help us uh, have a, a reliable source of energy so that we're not worried about gas prices going up because of the whims of a foreign dictator. Wait, and you guys think that asking Saudi Arabia or Venezuela for Iran is reducing our dependence on foreign oil? That's actually, I just outlined each of those specific scenarios and the range of par discussions that we're having uh, which each of those countries, I don't think anybody is advocating for Iran to continue acquiring a nuclear weapon, perhaps except for the former president who put, pulled us out of the deal. Joining us now, Mohammed Al-Qasim is with us. He's the Middle East Bureau Chief for the media line and Anel Shaleen is with us, a research fellow in the Middle East program at Quincy Institute and an expert on religious and political authority. Um, now, we also have the other issue of the seventh anniversary of the Saudi war with Yemen. That's a proxy war being led by the Iranians. Uh, and more recently, they were hitting some of Saudi Arabia's oil facilities and, and other power facilities within the country. Uh, Mohammed, welcome to the program. Thank you. What's your take on the current state of things? Because I'm reading that both Saudi Arabia, the UAE, OPEC nations are so angry at Joe's dealings with Iran, they don't want anything to do with Joe Biden. Well, that's correct. Uh, there's a, a certain level of anger coming from the Gulf countries, mainly the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia. Uh, on for for two reasons. First of all, they're upset at the at the U.S. administration for not taking uh, into consideration many of their concerns uh, over the Iranian nuclear deal. Um, they believe that they have been marginalized. And let's add to the conversation also Israel. Um, those th three countries um, don't believe that the U.S. has taken uh, enough uh, or taken the issue of uh, rejoining the Iran nuclear deal seriously. Also, uh, both Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates are upset that the U.S. hasn't shown real or serious uh, steps, first, in sympathizing with them over the continua continuation of Houthi ballistic missile attacks on Saudi Arabia and uh, the Emirates, as well as drone attacks on both. And some of those attacks have been tar targeted against Aramco. This is the, the biggest uh, oil company in the world. And this at this time when the world is uh, facing a serious uh, oil reduction due to the uh, Russian invasion uh, in, in Ukraine, uh, this becomes problematic. And the Saudi government has come out uh, a couple of days ago flat out saying that they're not responsible for any shortages uh, of oil or energy um, due to the attacks of the Houthis because the world isn't um, you know, responding uh, swiftly. Uh, this is very complicated, and I think the, the continuation or the lack of clarity over, over uh, the U.S. administration policy on Yemen and how it wants to deal with it. The first, President Biden said that it wants to end all offensive operation uh, in, in Yemen, um, meaning that they've stopped supporting Saudi Arabia and the Saudi coalition, and they weren't providing enough weapons to the Saudis. But uh, in the last few days, we've heard that the, the, the Washington has 
sold the Patriot missiles and actually re- released them over the last week. Is this because of what's happening in Ukraine? Is this because of uh, Saudi Arabia and the Emirates are upset that as the Biden administration? No, I can tell you what it is. They, they, the, the Saudis are not answering Joe's calls, nor is our other OPEC uh, nations, nor are, is the UAE answering his calls. Uh, because they know what the call's about. They want an increase. Joe wants an increase in the production of oil because he's too stupid to drill for the oil we have and the resources that we have here and use them. And they're fed up with Joe Biden and, you know, doing these negotiations uh, with the number one state sponsor of terror. Now, this battle with Yemen is being fought as a proxy war uh, from Iran. And the Houthis have been supplied with all of their weaponry from Iran. And now we'll get your take. From my perspective, what's really astonishing here is that the Saudis and Emiratis are not willing to raise production. I mean, where's the reciprocity here? Where's the oil for security? Both the Saudis and the Emiratis remain entirely dependent on the United States for their security. As you said, Saudi Arabia uh, said they can't be responsible for, for the impact on oil production. So... Clearly, they very much are relying still on the U.S., and yet they're not taking Joe Biden's calls. I mean, it's really astonishing. And I think what we're seeing here is actually they see Putin as a better ally for them because they know that he would be willing to perhaps do for them what he did for Bashar al-Assad in Syria, which is to murder civilians in order to keep them in power. So, unfortunately, it's just really... Uh, astonishing to me to think that these countries that remain entirely dependent on the United States are siding with Russia in this question of Ukraine and oil production. Well, I mean, it's complicated, but it's a self-inflicted wound on 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 the, the American economy and American national security. Quick break. We'll come back more with Mohammed Kasim is Al Kasim is with us. Also, Anel. Uh, Shalene is with us, 800-941-SHAWN. Your call's at the bottom of the half hour. Listen, personal data, all of us every day are putting our information at risk on the Internet. LifeLock.com sees the threats we all miss on our own. Now, these cyber attacks are always evolving. They're more elaborate than ever. Now, one way to prevent yourself from being a victim of a cyber crime, use two-factor authentication and creating unique passwords for every online account. LifeLock will even scour the dark web and see if any of your personal information is compromised. Uh, if it is, you get an alert. And by the way, if your identity is stolen, you'll get a dedicated restoration specialist uh, if you're a victim. And you'll need the help, trust me. Anyway, LifeLock.com by Norton. Now, it's a very low annual rate, and you'll save up to 25% off your first year by using the promo code Hannity. Just call 1-800-LIFELOCK, lifelock.com. Use the promo code Hannity, 25% off. And why do you do it? To protect your name and a good reputation and your finances and your credit score. Lifelock.com. America listens to Sean Hannity. And he's on, 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 on right now.
that as we continued with Mohammed Al Qasim and also Anel uh, Shalina is with us. Uh, Mohammed, we Joe Biden inherited energy independence. He uh, Donald Trump his last few months as president did not import a single barrel of oil from Saudi Arabia. He didn't need it. Um, we have Canada to the north that is willing and able to supply you know, millions of barrels of oil a day, even now without the Keystone XL pipeline, 400,000 extra barrels of oil every single day. But yet, you know, Joe Biden has been resistant to doing it. Why he's reaching out to the likes of Iran, I, there's, there's no logical explanation. Begging OPEC nations, I'm sorry, but if I'm president, I'm not begging the Saudis or, or OPEC nations for a thing. Well, the, the, pro- the thing is that I'm not sure that the U.S. really uh, imports a great deal of oil from the Gulf. But it's important to the United States that the flow of energy and the flow of oil as well as gas continues to leave the, uh, the Gulf into Europe as well as uh, allies of the U.S. and Asia and the Far East because that keeps the wheels of uh, industries and uh, factories working and the supply chains uh, back to, to work. The problem is if, if, if the, the alternatives are very limited, yeah. um, it, it's either, it's either the, the OPEC countries with, where they have certain obligations to the cartel itself, and that's why I think they're unable to raise the uh, output that much because they're obligated uh, to a certain level of pro- daily production. But they still are able, if they want to, to reach some sort of an agreement to raise the level of daily production. However, they're not, they don't want to upset Putin and they don't want to upset Moscow. They feel, and I've spoken, the media line has spoken to uh, analysts and, and, and politicians in the Gulf who said very clearly that they feel that Putin, as well as Russia, is a much more reliable ally than the U.S. has been. And they, they're not so shy anymore. And they've matured politically in the Gulf and they understand that, you know, if they needed weapons, they can get it immediately without any question from Russia, where they have to go through so many different steps before they get the weapons that they need to protect themselves uh, from the United States. And to be quite honest with you, Gulf countries, and especially the Saudis and the Emirates, have lost a certain level of uh, faith and trust in, in the U.S. government going back to former President Barack Obama's administration, they feel that with him signing on to the first uh, Iran nuclear uh, agreement, that they that they have that. Well, I agree with you on the trust part, Mohammed. Let me let me make sure that Anel gets in here. I want to get your take on that. That that trust has been broken a long time ago, but we already know Putin, China, and Iran have already created their own alliance, and and obviously. They're all responsible in large part for the Yemen war against the Saudis, are they not? Well, I think that's a very good point you made, Sean, in terms of the fact that neither um, China nor Russia is going to give up their relationship with Iran just to assuage the Saudis or Emiratis' feelings. And so we've seen the Saudis and Emiratis continue to play on this Washington mistrust of Tehran, when in fact we we saw Riyadh and Tehran reaching out to each other over this past year. A lot of this just goes back to this underlying U.S. mistrust. But I wanted to address one point Mohammed had made in terms of the Saudis and Emiratis still being concerned about the Houthi attacks. 
The United States helped the Saudis to block 90% of Houthi attacks. The vast majority of these attacks are blocked, and Biden did just send additional Patriot anti-missile systems after the attacks on Abu Dhabi happened in January. The U.S. immediately sent fifth-generation fighter planes, as well as the USS Cole, to assist with Emirati defense. So this notion that the U.S. is not assisting with Saudi and Emirati defense is just patently false. But the alliance that we had with Trump and Israel and Jordan and Egypt and the Saudis and the Emirates, that was uh, something I didn't think was conceivable uh, at the time. And and now that alliance is being shattered because Joe Biden has decided to throw his weight behind this Iranian deal. And and nobody can understand the, the rationale, the reasoning behind it. Uh, if you have any knowledge of the region, but it's, again, a lot of it rooted in the free flow of oil at market prices. And Joe's not going to get a thing, I think, from OPEC nations because they're furious with him. Anyway, I appreciate you both. Thank you. And I'll thank you. Mohammed, thank you. 800-941-SEAN, our number. We'll get to your calls right at the bottom of the half hour. Quick break. Right back. All right. 25 till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program. Uh, all right, let's go to Craig is in California. Craig, how are you? Glad you called. What the hell are you doing living out there? <laughs> I, you have to ask my mother. But, um, <laughs> Why do you uh, live with your mom? Do you live with your mom? No, 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 no. But listen, I want to make uh, three quick comments on the war, Biden and Trump. Well, hang on one second. Let me go back to this issue. So may I ask, you don't have to answer, how old are you? I am a 72-year-old African-American <laughs> Vietnam veteran, well, conservative, okay? Thank I'm you a, for I'm serving born, your country. I, I, I am a born-again conservative. I am a drop of conservative water out here on the left coast in the uh, Pacific Ocean of the left coast. Okay? So you're basically I, telling I, me you just I, love I, it out there and your mother planted you there and that's it. You're not moving. I got it. But uh, thank you for serving your country. What's on your mind today? But listen, uh, the follow up uh, on a couple of callers ago, uh, as a Vietnam veteran, I am ashamed of the United States military, starting with the commander in chief. I am ashamed. If I hear one more of these, I'm watching these TV generals and these TV colonels, and I see why we've been losing wars. If I hear one more time, we can't do this because he'll do that, I'm going to scream. This is crazy. Stop lying, saying you're giving Zelensky everything he's asking for because you're not. Give him the MIGs. Blinken said yes to the MIGs. And I want to know what individual or individuals in this government said no to the MIGs after Blinken said yes to the MIGs. He has a right to defend the sovereign sky over his sovereign country. No, we, we, we're not going to send our pilots in to do the no-fly zone. We're going to let his pilots affect the no-fly zone. Also, NATO, all of them should get together, have a news conference. Mr. Putin... We're going to have a humanitarian airlift starting at such and such a time or such and such a date. And if you fire upon it, we will unleash a force on you that you're not used to getting. That's like it's Gladiator crazy. on my command, unleash hell. Um, listen, uh, I, I nominate you to be president. Because that's strength. 
what you are projecting is strength. And you're right. No boots on the ground. Um, Joe Biden should have said to Poland, give them the MiGs, have their pilots go in and take them and just say, well, there's an article that came out today. Well, uh, the, the Kremlin is lashing out at Poland for siding with Ukraine. Well, because Poland knows that they're they're probably in Putin's sights next. Now, what the interesting thing that is going to be, regardless of how this all works out, and I assume Putin, if he doesn't get the whole country, is going to get a significant portion of Ukraine. And the question is, what, where do his territorial ambitions take him next? And people are saying now, oh, but he's going to be ostracized and, and the economic sanctions. I call total BS on that, because until Europe weans itself off of Russia's energy and becomes energy independent and they stop listening to their, you know, climate change, radical environmentalists, then they're going to be this is going to be forgotten as soon as it's over. Just like when Crimea was annexed, it was forgotten very quickly. And and those territorial ambitions remain now. I'd say probably the next shoe that will drop is going to be China and Taiwan. I think President Xi is very strategic, very smart, long-term thoughts, thinking. And I think President Xi's thinking is 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 pretty obvious. Let me see how this plays out. And then I'll make my decision accordingly. And based on everything that he said and all the actions he's taken, I would assume that his decision is going to be to reunification with Taiwan. That's what I expect. Uh, anyway, Craig, we appreciate you. God bless you. And I uh, hope you enjoy at least the sunny weather because you're paying a lot of money for it. Uh, Kev, uh, Kelvin is in uh, California also. Kelvin, what are you doing out there? Glad you called. Hello, good sir. It is a pleasure to speak with you, Sean. Hey, pleasure is all mine. Well, you're known in our household as Sanity. So I'll call my wife and say, hey, are you listening to Sanity today? Because there's only a <laughs> few of you left. I've been called a lot worse. I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> you got it. Hey, uh, I wanted to just mention to you uh, the monoclonal antibodies mm-hmm. that you were uh, uh, so so fervently talking about, and I did my homework on it. And I just want to let you know that my stepdad, who's 83, my mom, who's 82, they both got it back at the end of last year, mm-hmm. and we got them on the monoclonal antibodies, and they both have COPD, so they were wow. prime candidates to not survive this, and they're doing oh, yeah. well. Big time, big time candidates. How quickly did you get it in their system? Get the infusion. Uh, less than ten days. It was about day six, day seven. That, that's actually a little late. You, you, my advice to anybody listening to this show, and by the way, it still works. But um, once you, they, they actually won't give it to you after day ten because they feel the windows passed. So it's right. always. So my advice to everyone in this audience is this. And I'm not a doctor, and I'm not going to play one on radio or TV. I keep saying that. If you get a positive test or somebody you love and care about gets a positive test, immediately you need to call your doctor. And the next thing you need to do is ask about monoclonal antibodies. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, now I'm hoping, like, for example, for Omicron, the monoclonal antibody of choice, although I'm told by people in the field that Regeneron did work and Eli Lilly did work, but they weren't as effective as GSK Citrovimab, which is another monoclonal antibody. That's Gladstone Klein Smith. And I don't want to get I don't want to get too in the weeds here, but call your doctor and ask for the infusion. Do your own research. 
and talk to other medical professionals. Now, if you're going to get the infusion, it is best to take it as early as possible. There's not a single person that I know that got it fairly early that didn't do well with it. Not one. And, right. you know, I know people that that used HCQ and did very well. And like the Henry Ford study, hospital study says, and so many others echoed, you know, taken early. That is effective. Uh, taken zinc and vitamin D3 and and vitamin C. And I can't even remember all the other stuff at this point. But sure. all, of, all of it combined save lives and and actually what's the name of the book our friends um our, our two uh friends dr farid and dr tyson and they they saved over seven thousand people they know more about covid because they were on the front lines the whole time and they believe in proactive medicine the problem even still kelvin is this is that there are many hospitals sadly in this country that will tell you with the, you get a positive covid test Oh, uh, go home, and if your temperature goes up, take two extra strength Tylenol. Um, and if your oxygen level, you want to measure that fairly right. regularly. If your oxygen level goes uh, to ninety or below, um, yeah. you need to go right. to the it's hospital. Too late. <laughs> yeah, but the, but the, by the time that oxygen level is reduced, somewhere between day six, but really day seven and ten, by the time you it goes from ninety four or ninety six to ninety to 85 to 80 you walk in the hospital the damage is done the mm -hmm. damage is done it's too late that's the stupidity of anthony fauci and walensky and the cdc and the nih all they talk about is vaccine 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 okay well now whether you're vaccinated fully vaccinated booster vaccinated you still get people still are getting COVID. Yeah, but it's preventing hospitalizations and deaths. That's not what they told us in the beginning. I am saying that you want to be proactive. I love my audience. I can't do this show without all of you. I don't want anybody to die needlessly. And I'm telling you, the, the one thing I would highly recommend, immediately call your doctor Ask about monoclonal antibodies. I repeat it often. Get the infusion. Have your doctor. And by the way, you should have a plan just in case. In other words, I know exactly if I test positive tomorrow what I'm going to do. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And it will be fast. And I have option A, B, C, D, and E. Linda, have I well, not... That, that our plan, Sean, and, and thanks to you uh, putting us on that track, uh, we were ready for it. And they were you know, doing all the vitamins, uh, all the vitamins mm -hmm. prior to, so it all helped. Listen, at the end of the day, I don't think there's going to be anybody that ends up without getting this thing. I've seen the worst of this. And let me tell you, it's not pretty. That's why I have a sense of urgency that I don't know why the government doesn't have. Anyway, appreciate the call. Lane is in South Carolina. Lane, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean, I listen to you all the time. Yes, sir. Maravet. But I'm going to connect the dots for your listeners. Okay. And because you're Sean Hannity, I want to give a shout-out to my daughter's boyfriend, Sean, a master sergeant from Kansas at Paris Island. We we'll send my best. We send our best to Sean, and uh, well, he's probably going through some rough story. days now. Here's the story. I started a trucking company so we wouldn't have to sell off parts of our farm. I'm fourth generation, and the Lord blessed me with two daughters and three granddaughters that are all girls, no boys. But uh, 
I want to talk about what's going on in Ukraine and China and the United States. China gets gets 25% of their wheat from Russia. And phosphate and potash and wheat in Ukraine provides 25% of the former Soviet Union's supply of those things. you got to have phosphate and potash to grow anything in China. And if you check the wheat markets in the United States, uh, they got, they're suppressing our wheat commodity prices and they don't care about the buildings of the people. They want the phosphate, the potash and the wheat so they can give it to China. And those are the dots that we can't see that's between China and Russia. And when, uh, Trump was in there, he had deals set up on farm products and, uh, Brandon has suppressed all that. And all you got to do is go to Google or go to any commodity things and check the three items that I talked about. They've gone up. And so if they blow up all the buildings and get rid of all the people, they can get the phosphate, the potash, and the wheat, and that'll go straight to China. Now, this isn't a conspiracy because I'm an American, and uh, we have farm in, in South Carolina, and we have a farm in Florida. And that's what's going on behind the scenes. You don't see it if you don't deal. So with you think there's it. more yeah. involvement? I, and listen, I know nothing about this. And you're saying that in essence, that this is Russia's attempt to get all those minerals? Yeah, you you know, China uh, has a food problem, and in order to get something to come out of the ground, you need phosphates for fertilizer, and you need potash for germination and seedlings. And uh, you and there's an abu- and, and there is. Let me ask you a question. And there's an abundance of it in Ukraine. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That that is just like Texas, a big old flat farming area. Uh, they're rich in that. They've made money on that to develop their cities and their infrastructures, just like we do here in America. And uh, when Brandon went over there to China, that's probably one of the things they talked about, and particularly those two clowns after the Olympics, because China is trying to gather food and stuff from everybody in the world. And as we watch this happen, our food prices and stuff shoot up. And the boy I was talking about, Sean's from Kansas, and uh, you check the. Uh, let me. Uh, I'm running out of time. How long you been farming? I'm fourth generation. And how many how many acres do you farm, and what do you farm? Well, I'm in the tree farming business uh, okay. because of your people in New York wanting palm trees. Now that they're moving to South Carolina and Florida. <laughs> I harvest palm trees, pintas, and and high end trees. Man, I paid for a couple of these. I, I I paid a lot of money for a, a couple of trees uh, re- not that long ago. South Carolina with our governor and Florida with their governor, life is wide open. Yeah, but you got to understand uh, if people. I don't have a problem with people moving, but if you're going to move out of one of these liberal states like uh, California or New York or or Illinois or New Jersey, uh, leave your liberal policies at home. And if you're not willing to do that, don't move. Stay right where you are. Uh, don't wreck the next state that you go to and vote for the same stupid policies that ruin the state that you left. Uh, I got to run. Lane, God bless you, man. Appreciate it. 800. I, I don't know. I need to know more about farming. I just don't know. I'm not the I'm not the farming person. Linda, you you know a little bit more than I do. I and- do. I mean, I actually just learned a ton of it from Anthony. 
he knows quite a bit about it. And Anthony is Linda's Mr. Wonderful. That's how we refer to him. He is indeed. He's fantastic. All right. right, That's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Hope you set your DVR. We'll have the very latest on the ground in Ukraine. Dan Hoffman will join us. Laura Trump will join us. Victor Davis Hanson will join us. Also, the hearings with Katanji Brown-Jackson and how things went today. Uh, Both Senator Cruz and Senator Josh Hawley will join us. They're on the committee, Judiciary Committee, Kellyanne uh, Conway, Mike Huckabee, and much more. Set your DVR, Hannity, 9 Eastern, Fox. We'll see you tonight, back here tomorrow. Thank you for making this show possible.